Hello, and welcome to Bangers, the video game podcast where we talk about games in which you shoot things. Good games, bad games, mad games. This time, we attack a peaceful skeleton realm and shoot what might be daggers from our fingers in Devil Daggers. Are you a subscriber to Holy Shit Skeletons magazine? I'm not, but I, I'd like to be. Tell me more about that. Well, it's it's a magazine about skeletons. It's about um, how to spot skeletons. It's about keeping the skeleton inside you at bay. It's about tips for uh, encountering skeletons without them liberating your skeleton. It's all about skeletons. I think I, there's going to be a lot of skull chatter. We're going to be talking about skulls a lot. We're going to be talking about skulls and sometimes spines. Sometimes um, the skulls spin. Sometimes they're the skulls of um, non-human animals such as goats. And they laugh at you. Yep. Yeah, this week we're playing Devil Daggers, a game developed by Sorath and also published by Sorath. It's an independent production released in 2016. Yeah, so Sorath are an Australian developer, and they're made up by, I think, at least one of the guys from Dust Force, so, which is a very different game to this. Dust Force is a, a lovely-looking, nice, cutesy game, whereas it's not Devil Daggers, which I, exp- I think the best way of, of describing Devil Daggers is a miasma of fuck. <laughs> So um, if if Doom is like the album cover of like a Metallica album or a Iron Maiden album, um, this is one of those Scandinavian bands where you can't read what their name is and also one of the members killed and ate one of the other members. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this game definitely has to live in, like, a cabin in the woods espousing some kind of terrible ideology. I'm not sure it so much espouses a terrible ideology as it started to worship some kind of eldritch horror and has started a cult. And the horror has taken hold. Yeah. Well, before we get ahead of ourselves and talk (laughs) too much about the miasma of fuck, how did you play Devil Daggers? I got Devil Daggers on GOG. I played it on PC. It's available on PC and OS X and Linux, so you're only going to be playing it on some kind of home computer. You're not. There's no console release. I bought it on GOG as well. It was about the price of a sandwich. It was an extremely cheap game. I played it on my Mac Mini on OS X. You can get it for roughly the price of three sausage rolls from Greg's or Wenzel's the baker or a six inch sub yeah or if you go to like Marks and Spencers and sometimes they have like a three sandwich pack for their sandwiches it's about the price of one of those yeah it's an extremely cheap game and unlike the sandwiches or sausage rolls, you can keep playing it over and over and over and over and over again. Yep, which is sort of what you're meant to do. It's uh, 
You're meant to keep doing it and practicing and perfecting it. Before we get into that, James, I think we should do rooty tooty point and shooty because the root and the toot is very, very short, but you kind of need to explain that before you get into yeah. gameplay. So let's go over to rooty tooty point and shooty. Rooty tooty point and shooty. I guess you could argue that this game doesn't really have shooting, but it has shooting. Um, so the game starts you off, you're in a dark room and there's a dagger in front of you and you walk into it and this causes your hand to go a weird colour and then you can shoot what a lot of online sources describe as daggers but I didn't really think they were daggers, I thought they were like blood gobules or something. Yeah, they're supposed to be daggers. You have two modes of fire in this game. If you hold down left, left mouse click, then you just fire a stream of daggers. Or if you tap left mouse click, uh, left mouse button, sorry, then you do like a shotgun blast of daggers. But the shotgun blast of daggers has a cooldown on it. Um, it's pretty short cooldown. It's only a second or so. But... Yeah, but it's sort of like the tactical... You have to be very tactical about how you use that. You get upgrades yeah. throughout the run. Mainly from killing certain enemies that drop a, drop a red crystal. Yes, and those make your daggers homing, etc, etc. That's about it for Rooty Tooty Point Shooty. Uh, are you happy with that? Yep, I'm happy with that. Rooty Tooty Point and Shooty. Let's talk about the game. Game, game, game. So, Devil Daggers is... A session of Devil Daggers is very short. It's first-person shooter, as James said, and it has a very, I guess you'd call retro-inspired uh, look. It's kind of like old-school 90s shooters mixed with PlayStation-era polygonal graphics. A lot of people um, compare it to Doom, but I was much, much more reminded of the first Quake. Yeah, it's... It is definitely quick. I think we, we refer to, people refer to it as Doom because that's sort of the linchpin um, for the genre, but it is very much a quick in feel and, and look and maybe even turn. I think you can bunny hop as well. Yeah, if you shoot the ground, if you do like a, a, a shotgun blast at the ground, you do like a whoop, which can be used to yeah. great tactical effect. So the game is reasonably short. You pick up your dagger and then from the darkness waves of skulls start to come your way and well the first spawn is like it's like a squid mixed with a goat skull yeah and it will it will almost always appear in front of you and slightly to the side the basic gist is survive a session of devil daggers lasts until you die. Until you die. Mileage may vary. I think my average time is like 30 to 55 seconds. Are you any better than that, James? I managed to... My average time got to about 50 to 60 seconds. See, James is much better at video games than me. And my highest time was 1 minute 29 seconds. Ooh, that's pretty good. I saw the, the spine enemy and then I died. And then immediately after you die, you can go straight back in. You're yeah, straight back in. and It's instant time to iterate. I sometimes restarted the round without even attempting to. Yeah. You you die um, by having an enemy touch you or falling off the platform. 
there is only one level in this game and the enemies just keep on coming onto that level. The level is like a floating platform in the middle of a miasma of fuck. We should mention that the, the highest time on the leaderboard, it's a game with a leaderboard at present, is 1,109 seconds. Yeah, Devil Daggers is... This is probably from Pickup, so we picked this up on Sunday, and today yeah. is Wednesday. and So that is the shortest amount of time we've ever had from picking the game up, uh, playing it, and wanting to talk about it. Because this game's really interesting. I found it a lot like games like Hotline Miami and Celeste, where there's absolutely no reward for failure at all. But the restarting, it's so seamless that failure's kind of its own reward, because you learn and you get to try again with absolutely no fuss whatsoever. There isn't a, a long loading screen. You're just instantly back in, back in, back in. Yeah, it's it's a great example of how having a short time to iterate makes failure a lot less annoying. Yeah. So I think possibly the most annoying failure setup in video games that I've ever experienced is Final Fantasy X. And it's the last boss in Final Fantasy X, which has like a 15 minute, it has a like, or the second to last, second to last boss, sorry. There's like a 15 minute cutscene in front of it that you cannot skip. Ah. So if you die, which you probably will the first time, um, that's really annoying. This, you die, instant, you're back. Yeah, you are going to die. You will die when you're playing Devil Daggers. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the end state. You know, you're not going to win. You're going to die. And you go into every single run knowing that you are going to die. It is just a matter of how long can you last. And it, we talked briefly about the leaderboard. And I don't know if you had this feeling, uh, James, but I, I don't care about leaderboards at all. I am not a points gamer or anything like that. I usually play games just for the gameplay experience, for the story. Really don't care about being competitive. But because Devil Daggers is such a stripped down experience, it's just you versus the skulls, you die, rinse and repeat. It, it, when, you, when you die, you see the leaderboard and it focuses down on the top of the leaderboard and then three positions. So it shows you who's just behind you and who's in front of you. And you can see the players who are ahead of you. And seeing the name of the player ahead of you kind of spares you on. And it's, it's like this feeling of, I have an antagonist now. I have someone <laughs> who I'm going against. I have an enemy. Like, it could be, I can't remember what any of the names were now, but let's just say it's um, it's Jigglefuck66 or something like that. So <laughs> I, I've i done my run of Devil Daggers, and I see Jigglefuck66 is just a little bit faster than me. And so I think, God, I need to, I need to beat Jigglefuck66. I need to be faster than them. So you play again, and do you make it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. 
you're always chasing that next high score for yourself. You create these little antagonists for yourself on the from the leaderboard. And it's kind of incredible how, for someone like me, who really doesn't give a shit about leaderboards, it, it creates something tangible that you can work against. Yeah. The thing that I found myself, like, wanting to... I wanted to improve my previous time. So I, I looked at the leaderboard. I looked at the... After my first game, I sort of made the mistake, I'm not really sure it's a mistake because it was sort of incredible to experience, of clicking on the replay from the player who's top. And that just sort of floored me because they are so good at the game. So I was, that got me on the kick of I always want to like improve on my previous best. Yeah, it is incredible to see some of these people because after after a few runs, you in, you you know all of the ways that you can interact with this world. It, it's not um, it nothing is hidden from you, and nothing aside from the different enemy varieties, which can become kind of awe inspiring. There's like a a massive um, worm creature that's got the all of its weak points are underneath its body, so you've got to run up it and just. Spiral your daggers against it as it's doing these it's, twists and it's turns. It's like a spine. Yeah, it's like a spine, spine worm. worm. <laughs> Should we talk a bit about the enemies? Yeah, of course. So the first, the first one you'll see is like it's like a squid, um, but it looks also like the skull of a goat. Yeah, it's the skull of a goat, but on its nose, and it's spiralling. And it, it slowly spins round, and it, it vomits forth the other two first enemies you'll see. Skull and more badass skull. Or skull and skull with horns. Yeah, more badass skull. <laughs> and um, they sort of fly at you. Yeah. Though the, the skull with horns just sort of randomly flies around, I think. Yeah, it's so much of a badass, it doesn't even care. It knows it's going to get you eventually. <laughs> and because it's a first-person shooter, you've got to be aware of where all these things are because you can lose sight. If you let too many swarms build up of skulls and badass skulls, you can lose sight of where they are. And you can... Um, you can just run into them and that can be a death or they can push you off the ledge because you get they're getting too close to you um yeah it's uh, it's it's difficult to manage if you don't act this isn't a game that you can just run around and try to avoid the enemies you've actively got to be fighting because the game is always on you yeah you want to be trying to keep the board relatively clean uh, there are points where you're going to have to sort of ig avoid and ignore the skulls to focus on, or the, the little skulls, everything's skulls, to um, to focus on a more pressing enemy. Yeah. But you want to be trying to keep the board clean so that you don't just get overwhelmed. Yeah, so there's the skulls, badass skulls, goat skulls, which are the spawners, they spawn the skulls. Then we have the spine worms. There's also the giant skull. It's like a giant spider skull. Um, yeah, that's freaky. If you are... And it spits, like, 
little acid glob monsters. If you have arachnophobia, then which I don't, but it freaked me out just looking into the darkness <laughs> and seeing this spider, this skull spider, just creep out of the darkness. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah it, it is a creepy, creepy looking game. And screenshots don't really do it justice because part of the creepiness is how things move. Yeah, it it is a miasma of fuck. <laughs> Whilst I was playing it, I talked about Hotline Miami and the comparison there, but I did kind of think, is this a twin-stick shooter? And then when you look at the replays, when you look at your replay, it replays your game session as a twin-stick shooter, as a top-down twin-stick shooter. There's and a I button was... that lets you switch between first-person and um, top-down. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it, that's all they've done. They've taken a twin-stick... And made it a first person game. Right. And I was like, video games are piss easy. <laughs> All you need to do is change the perspective. We can make our own game. We could make like a racing game, but you play as like the perspective of a fan in the stands or like a tree or something. That seems to <laughs> that's all they've done, and it's it's fantastic. It's absolutely incredible. I think that this is an example of one of those times where someone has made something so perfect's the wrong word but so sort of perfectly formed for what it is that they've made it look easy this is a really well put together piece and oh it's a very short game as well like something that i kept thinking is god i wish there was a way to make this game available on a mobile device and it not be really shitty like i wish mobile controls mm. I don't know how you do it because this game needs a mouse and keyboard because it's so fast moving. If you could just sit on the toilet and pull out your mobile phone and play Devil Daggers, that would be fantastic. It's it's built for that. It's built for those yeah. short play sessions. It's also almost, uh, again, not in the control scheme, but it's almost an ideal Nintendo Switch game. Yeah, Switch game. Anything that you could just whip out and and <laughs> anything that you could just whip out and play just do two two sessions I, I i people in the office today i was uh i was playing it with people in the office and they were like oh my god i just wish i wish that i could have it on you know just a small device so that when i go to the bathroom or when i'm just sat waiting for the bus or the train tonight i could just play this it is I don't know how you would do that, but it is a perfect game for that. What does it sound like? What does it sound like, James? So, this game has a really good soundtrack for a game that doesn't have any music in. Yeah, this game has no music. It is an oppressive cacophony of enemy barks, basically. It doesn't sound exactly like, but it sounds very similar to the experience of listening to one of those Swedish metal bands. I can't remember what they were called. I think they were a band called um, Despair or something like that. And they were an independent grindcore black metal band. Were they a drone metal band? No, they weren't drone. But their <laughs> album covers were basically one of the... I think it was the singer's girlfriend. 
they had two EPs. The album covers was the singer's girlfriend, and she was completely naked. She had this vibrant blonde hair, and she was just covered in blood. She has this really pale skin. She's very pretty, but she was absolutely drenched in blood. And the music was just an oppressive noise wall. And in the background, <laughs> it just sounded like a mixture of the singer crying whilst also screaming. Like, if you've ever heard someone have, like, a really bad argument, like a couple have an argument or something through a wall, it sounded like that, but with a drum machine that was completely out of time. And that's sort of what Devil Daggers kind of boils down to. Because you have all of these enemies that have these unique sounds and these unique... Um, barks that you kind of need to know because like in order to achieve any like high level of play you have to get into this weird zen state where you just sort of like give it up to this weird like synesthesia and you gotta rely on like all aspects of everything like sound you can't just turn the sound off to be good at this game you can't listen to a a playlist you've got to get tuned in to the game design and the sound design because the zen state of, of matching those up in your brain informs like your actions just as much as the visual design. Yes, um, though later on, the further you get into it, the, the sounds start overlapping, so you can rely on that less and less, and you've just got, sort of got to learn how everything moves and how everything sounds. Yeah. And just sort of be able to predict things. Yeah, when it becomes a miasma of fuck, that's when yeah. uh, that's when you can't. Well, you so can it... you can rely on the sounds to a point, but only in like split second moments. Like God, yeah. that's there. God, that's there. You need to. The sound will be like, okay, I now have a spawner on my right. I now have this coming to me on my left. Talking about devil daggers is hard. <laughs> yeah, because so much of it is like it is hard to describe in the way that screenshots don't do it justice because you're not seeing it moving you're not seeing hearing the sounds of it you're not interacting with it in any way when you're just looking at a picture of it and so much of the experience is bound up in the sort of the totality of the thing yeah it is it is almost um it's almost perfect in how everything is so wrapped up and presented in this neat little blast of gameplay. Not to go back to Hotline Miami too much, but Hotline Miami, which I think is, for both of us, is one of our favourite games, it has this adrenaline-soaked feeling of tension and just these quick needing to do these quick blasts of movement it's also another game that I would use the word Zen to describe. You can quite easily get into a very focused, calm state when playing Hotline Miami, which is similar to the experience of this. Yeah, this is what I I can't I I will never be good. I don't think at Devil Daggers because when I play it, my heart is just beating out of my chest. <laughs> Like, for those 45 to 50 seconds, like, however long I survive, it is it's almost too much. Like, I, I it, it's really nerve-wracking. It's almost, 
it's almost like the perfect horror experience. You feel like you're in hell. Like that's the kind of the 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 theme that is is pushing forward. You feel like you're against this oppressive thing that you know is going to get the better of you, and you're just trying your best. You're jumping. You're moving. You're you're blasting your way through all of this, all these skulls and all of these enemies, and your heart rate's going up and up and up, and then you die, and you have this moment where you just sit back and you're like, oh, okay, 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 I need to go again, I need to go again. <laughs> it's like a yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, it is. It's a very intense experience, and while I think it's the first game we've played for this podcast that I'm probably going to continue playing after we've talked about it. I don't think I can play it for more than about 15 minutes at a time. This is why I think it would be a great phone game, because if it could get put onto a phone, that is, <laughs> I... Without losing some of the experience. Yeah, and I, I just don't, I don't know how that would work. If it would work, if we could come up with a way to put Devil Daggers on a phone and it works, then I think we might be millionaires. Hmm. Well, we'd have to give some money to... Sorath. Ah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. We could call it um, Demon Knives. <laughs> Demon Knives. The Skull Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of skulls, it could be femurs. It could be femurs. It could just be like comedy bones. You know, like in... Um, what was that? Uh, what was that show... From when we were kids, where they were all skeletons. Um, was it called Funny Bones? I'm going to look this up. Yeah. James is typing. Yep, Funny Bones. Uh, yeah. It was a British children's television comedy series that originally aired on uh, S4C Wales. Oh, okay. Well... From... Uh, 1992 to 1992 I have vivid memories of funny burns and I would have only been three (laughs) I think my mum got it from the video store or possibly the library well imagine if right it's devil daggers but funny burns I think that would lose quite a lot of what makes both of those things both of those things yeah but we could sell it to the mobile audience and it would be fine couldn't sell it in China. You're not allowed skeletons in China. That is more skeleton oppression, and yeah. um, we will be uh, will be starting a GoFundMe after this episode airs for skeleton oppression. We're sick of seeing figures like Skeletor, and many many a role playing game dungeon besmirch the good name of skeletons. Myself and James have come out. And accepted that we are skeletons. It'd be good think, if the rest of the world could as well. I think everyone needs to take in the horror of the classic YouTube video, Peaceful Skeleton Realm Attacked by Helicopter. Yeah, I mean, that's that's some pretty heavy stuff. That's some good journalism. So we're getting a bit off topic. So we I need think to we should accept ask... there's a little skeleton inside of all of us. <laughs> you do have to keep it at bay though because you need to just state it properly yeah but I mean that's like the liver in many ways 
<laughs> just keep so, that bit. The other question is, um, and we've sort of already answered this, but did you like it? Uh, this is a hard one, because if I'm honest, no. No? No, not really. This is totally not my type of game at all. Like, <laughs> I I can't, I find it very interesting. Hmm. And I like a lot about it. And I like playing it, so I... I Overall, not being facetious, yes, I do like it. I'm probably not going to play it again, just because it's a thing to boot up on my Mac, and yeah. if if it was just a bit more easily accessible via other means, maybe like a mobile or something like that, but I'm interested in beating the leaderboards when I'm playing it, and then as soon as I'm away from it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm away from it. There's no progression, and that's a big thing for me. But I, I think it, it, it's such a personal thing because I, I think this is a, a really good game. I really do think it's a good game, but it's, it's like a lot of uh, games of this ilk. It's just not for me. And okay. that's, that's it. Yeah. Did you like it? I really like this game and I'm going to keep playing it. I'll probably be playing it for the rest of the year, to be honest. I mean, I'll probably jump back into it every now and again, but it's, uh, I am someone who is driven by, like, definitely driven by progression and things like that, so this one just isn't for me, and that's, again, nothing to do with the game, not not saying the game is bad, it's just, it's different, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I think it's a really good example of a game being good but not also also not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. This is a hyper-focused game. This is a very, very perfectly polished game at doing one thing very, very, very well. But that's just that's just not for me. And that's uh, and I think that's absolutely fine. Did it sell well? So this is an indie. It's hyper focused at doing one thing very, very, very well. It's also a bit weird. It's also very, very weird. However, it it sold okay. It sold well enough. It has a community wrapped around it. It uh, topped a lot of lists in the year that it came out. It was it's very heavily been he- very heavily featured. A lot of people still play it. It reviewed really really well yeah it did um, got 10 out of 10 from destructoid we got sevens and eight from mainly eights from the sort of big usual suspects it was rock paper shotguns game of the year for 2016 which is a weird game of the year for a major outlet but again just goes to show the quality of the game and just goes to show how uh, how great it is we talk about the legacy of devil daggers well i think i think we should start this off with um with a chat about speed running in general okay um so what do you know about speed running in general are you into speed runs 
I am not into speedruns per se, but I do think that it's fascinating. I think anything like this is absolutely fascinating when people use the exploits. Like I, I often keep up with the Super Metroid and Metroid speedrun community. I think we both have a soft spot for the Morrowind speedrunning community. Yes, the uh, the the weird things that they do to legitimately speedrun that game are amazing. Yeah, like taking advantage of things that are basically jokes to do it in do a game that will normally take you about twenty thirty hours to complete in under ten minutes now. Yeah, because it's it's looking at. Not with Morrowind and Metroid, but it's usually looking at a linear experience, or maybe even experience that as uh, multiple paths, and exploring those and breaking those in just the right way, and it's it's kind of amazing. I think it's also really cool because, and there's a few games that seem pretty designed for speedrunning. Yes, but like Dust for Force. A, yeah. <laughs> But for a lot of games, speedrunning is sort of... It's like a community thing. Yeah. That only exists because of the internet allowing people to form communities around games as easily as easily as they do. It is one of the more beautiful parts of... It's one of the more beautiful parts of video games and is a reason why video games are so great. Because communities can be built up by, around this weird thing. like It's amazing to see, and it's amazing to see everyone's passion laser-focused on one game. But we're talking about speedrunning, but is is Devil Dagger speedrunning it, or is it just a, a record? It's not speedrunning, running, but it's similar to speedrunning. Yeah, I guess it is. It's... In that speedrunning is all about mastering not only the controls but like the weirdnesses in the controls yeah the idiosyncrasies to knock seconds off whereas this is about doing exactly that it's mastering the controls it's mastering the spawns it's mastering the weirdness in the control it's deliberately got sort of quake style bunny hopping in yeah, but it's, it's to add seconds on, isn't it, I suppose? To add the, seconds on. Yeah. So it's sort of an anti-speed run? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. But again, this community, the community around Devil Daggers is still very active. It's the top guy, the top guy is Sojk, I think is how you pronounce his name? It's not anymore. Oh no. It's a guy Pocket. Pocket? Yeah, yeah, I'm on the leaderboard right now. A guy called Pocket has... has Knocked Sojk off. Oh no, Sojk! He's also Swedish. Yeah. Um, he beat Sojk's time by uh, three seconds. Wow, that is a, actually a crazy long time. Wow. And it's amazing, you can, um, after a session of Devil Daggers, you can watch these world record, uh, these world record runs directly in-game from a top-down perspective to see how they did it. And that's another fascinating part of this game. There are no secrets to how people are surviving because you can see the um, what the world record holder 
has done directly in game. All their secrets are laid to bear. You, yeah, you uh, can. Um, it even sort of prompts you to do it because it's got a little eye symbol by the by the entry in the what's it the leaderboard. It's got a little eye symbol by the entry on the leaderboard. Yeah, it's also very well thought out. It really is perfect for this sort of thing. And if you you can watch um if you don't purchase Devil Daggers, which I think we both we both suggest you do. It's very cheap and it's a whole lot of fun. You can see these uh these world record uh runs on YouTube. We'll uh, we'll link to them. And it is incredible. <laughs> it is crazy to see them doing their thing and to to see someone who's perfectly mastered a game and perfectly become in tune with the controls and the game world. It's crazy. They've they've sort of mastered knowing when things are going to spawn and being able to predict where they're going to the spawn to the point where they're often shooting at the space something is going to spawn in before it spawns which is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, they've 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 become in tune with the game. They've got to that zen state where they're reacting to sound, they're reacting to soft movement and things like that, and they just have perfectly encapsulated the game world. So there are some mods. I didn't install any because most of them look like either mods that allow you to they change mostly they change up spawn times. Um they seem to be either things to make it harder for reasons I don't really Oh god, understand, why would you want to do that? <laughs> or to allow you to practice against specific enemies. Okay. Um, because there's some enemies that we didn't encounter. Did you know this game has bosses? I've seen the Leviathan. So there's the Leviathan. Um, there's the Orb. Mm. Um, there's like the Gigapede, which is an upgraded version of the Spine Snake thing. Um, oh God! Yeah. You see, if James hasn't seen the bosses, then uh, there's absolutely <laughs> no chance in hell that I was going to see them. Yeah. So, what kind of sausage is Devil Daggers? Because I, I think I've got this one. I think I figured it out. So do you want to go first, or do you want me to predict or guess what sausage it is? I, I think you need to predict. I think you might have you might have got a, a good idea as well. Right, so this is an excessively spicy sausage. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. You're already on my wavelength. We've, we've become zen. We are music <laughs> and vision together. So it's, it's really high-quality ingredients. It's made by... A sausage artisan of some kind. Yeah, but there's only like three ingredients. One of them is is the spiciest, uh, like ghost pepper. chili sort of thing. Was well, like a pepper X that, uh, yeah. that crazy guy. What's he called? Um, from he has a restaurant in New York called Puckabut or something like that. Oh yeah, the one that YouTubers go into and then go out leave crying. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's it's his. Is chilies. it the one where you have to sign the waiver? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, it's it's an extremely spicy sausage that some people really really like, and some people are just going to be. Maybe they'll they'll be happy they tried it for bragging rights, but 
they didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a type of sausage where there is a there is a subsection of people who will force feed themselves large quantities of this sausage and they will compete of how much they can eat and when they're crying with lava diarrhea firing out of themselves and they're like why did i do this why did i do this they'll pick themselves back up and they'll go for another bite are you saying that L.A. Beast should eat devil daggers? L.A. Beast should eat <laughs> devil daggers. Devil daggers should be the next uh, Hot Ones hot sauce. Okay. They should make one called devil daggers. They in, most certainly uh, should. In conjunction with Sorath. Thank you for listening to Bangers. You can contact us at BangersPod on Twitter or bangerspodcast at gmail.com Bye!